Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. All right, so we've been talking about a better way to do things, and society kind of tells us and makes us, leads us to believe that there is a best way to do things. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there, a way, there is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. So we gotta focus on what the word is telling us. But there's a few reasons why what the world is telling us is the right way seems right. Three reasons specifically. The first is, it seems like it's the right way because it's the way that's been modeled for us. So maybe it's the way your parents have done things. Maybe you have some leaders in your life and this is the way that they've done things, a teacher. And so you wanna do it that way because they, it seems like the right way because they modeled it for you. The second reason is it seems like it's the right way because everyone is going that way. It's what the crowd is doing, it's what everybody else is doing, so that's why it seems like the right way. And the third reason that seems like the right way is it seems like the right way because it's the easier way, right? We don't have to go through all the tough things and hard things, it's just the easier way. So it seems like the right way. But John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. We need to look at the word. We need to look at what God says to know what the better way is. In Matthew 5, 21 through 23, it starts out by Jesus saying, you have heard it said, the world is telling you to do it this way. And he says, but I say to you, Jesus is saying, I got a better way. You guys ready to hear the better way today? Amen. All right, so what I want you to do first is I want everybody to kind of hold your hand up next to you like this. Go ahead and hold your hands up. All right, go ahead and look at your hand. And I want you to imagine you have got a cut on your hand. A big cut goes from one side of your hand to the other side of your hand. And for whatever reason, you have now made the decision that you're not gonna do anything about it, okay? You're just gonna go and live your life and do all of the things without worrying about this cut on your hand. So imagine that means you're gonna get dirt in it. Stuff's gonna happen to it. And then eventually it's gonna get what? Infected. And it's gonna hurt. And it's gonna hurt probably way worse than it did when you originally got that wound on your hand. Now this is what happens with physical wounds. Now it's gonna actually take more time for this physical wound to heal. And this physical wound is gonna be in more pain because we didn't take care of it in the first place. Now this is physical wounds. But the same is true for emotional wounds. If we don't take care of them in the first place, over time, they will become more painful and infected and cause us more pain in the long run. And so that's why I wanna to talk to you guys today specifically about the healing wound of forgiveness. Forgiveness. And living with unforgiveness. Now, unlike physical wounds, emotional wounds can sometimes be wounds that we experience that we don't even see. When you have a physical wound on your hand, everybody's gonna see that, right? You go to high five your best friend, boom, they see your hand. But with emotional wounds, sometimes we can see them on the outside with the way that people behave or how they react to certain situations. But a lot of times those emotional wounds are so deep inside that we don't actually see them. And what's hard about that is sometimes we personally don't even know our own emotional wounds or that they need healing. And so that leads me to the title of my talk today, which is A Better Way to Heal. A Better Way to Heal. 
Now, this message might be for you if you're somebody who maybe had a father who left at a young age and was never really around for you and you feel like you have to deal with the unforgiveness of him or maybe you have a mom who was there but not actually there in your life. Maybe you had some tough breakups that you've gone through or maybe you're divorced and you struggle with that forgiveness of your ex. And maybe you're going through some tough seasons. Maybe it was a job promotion that you never got or a friend that betrayed you. Whatever it is, you are struggling with unforgiveness. Or maybe you're somebody in this room today that doesn't even realize that you have a wound that needs to be healed, an emotional wound that needs tended to and that needs to be healed. But I believe today that you're gonna be revealed what that is if it's hidden. And if it's not hidden, you're gonna be given the steps today so you can walk into that healing that God has for you, amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for the time that we get to spend together today talking about you and the things that you have for us. God, I pray that you would just open hearts to reveal things to us today, reveal spaces that need healing, Lord. And I also pray that you would walk us straight into making the decision to walk into that forgiveness, to walk into that healing for what you have for us, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so we are going to um, the word Mark 25 through 32. Now, this is a story about the woman with the issue of blood. Now, what's happening during this story is Jesus is actually healing people and he's on his way to heal somebody's daughter in this moment. And then we have this woman and she only is in the Bible for seven verses. So we don't hear too much of her story, but I'm gonna read for you what we have. Mark 5, 25, it says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, 12 years, you guys. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she still grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power that had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and she was trembling with fear, and she told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your suffering. Now, the part that we need to understand about this story, I told you kind of the context and the setting of where this is taking place, but we need a little bit more context of what's happening. Now, this is the Old Testament, and during this time, people were ceremonially clean and unclean. Let me explain that to you. So in Leviticus 5, it explains all these different reasons that you would be clean or unclean. Like, if you touched a dead body, you're officially unclean. Or if you're a woman and are menstruating, you're unclean. And what it means to be unclean is you cannot be around regular society, and you can be, so you cannot be in church, you cannot be around people, you cannot fellowship, and you cannot touch anyone, because if you touch them, you make them unclean. It's basically, it's a biblical quarantine, okay? So that's what happens if you're clean or unclean. And so this woman has been unclean for 12 years, you guys, 12 years. And so this leads me to what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about three different forms of healing that we need from unforgiveness. The first of which is something that's been done to you. Something that's been done to you. So I have four daughters. 
two of which, my middle two, the middle of the sandwich, the, the icing in the middle of the cupcake sandwich. <laughs> uh, they're the crazy ones. Eloise specifically is the most aggressive. And uh, we're driving in the car line, well not driving, we're sitting in the car line, and I hear crying from the back and I, pull the, I do the rear view mirror so I can see what's going on. And as I do the rear view mirror, I see Eloise with like the wind up, like the, the backhanded wind up, you guys, in slow motion and she just whap, right across Josephine's face. And I'm like, boom, done, screen's gone for the week. And then everybody's crying now, right? And in that moment, I said, Eloise, why would you do that? And you wanna know what she told me? She hit me first. She hit me first. That's what the world tells us to do. You hit them, they hit you, you hit them back, right? That's what, that's what the world tells us to do. He cheated on me, so I'm gonna cheat on him back. Hmm? She told my secret, so I'm just gonna tell everybody what she did. They hit me, I'm gonna hit back. But that's not what God wants us to do. See, what happened is, is I said to Eloise, if you would have just told me first, because now you're both in pain, and now you're both in trouble and don't get screens for the week. If we would just take it to God first, God is the one that will handle the punishment. We don't need to take it into our own hands because if we take it into our own hands, then we get punishment too. Then we have to experience the pain too. You know who God is? He is the great defender. Let him take care of the situation for us. What the girls needed in this moment is they needed somebody to help them through their situation. What sometimes we need is we need somebody to help us through, their, through our situation. And that person is God. That person is taking it to Jesus. Mark 5, 28 says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She knew it. She knew that if I just get to God, I will be healed. I think what's interesting is she didn't say a word to God. She didn't say a word to Jesus here. She just got into his presence. Sometimes you might not know what to say after what somebody has done to you, but if we just get into his presence, if we could just touch his clothes, be close enough to touch his clothes, then he will heal us in that moment. Now she makes this decision to get into his presence. And she's been bleeding for 12 years. She's been unclean for 12 years and not because of anything that she has done. Nothing in this story tells us that she did anything to deserve to have to be ostracized from society for 12 years. Let me ask you this. Sometimes the pain that we experience is not our fault. Sometimes there's nothing that we've done in our situation, but we are the one that experiences pain. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt unclean? And I also want to ask you this. If you're sitting in unforgiveness or experiencing unforgiveness, how is that serving you? It's a tough question, right? And you think the answer would be, it's, oh, well, it's obviously not serving me because it will hurt me. But I want to free you for a second. More than likely for a time that unforgiveness did serve you. More than likely for a time that unforgiveness served you because it kept you safe from something that hurt you. And it kept you in a safe space to defend and protect yourself. But God says you don't need to defend and protect yourself. Let me do it. He is stronger than we. So when we sit in unforgiveness, when we sit in that specifically, we can actually experience enormous physical pain. Now follow me for a second here. 
What happens to our brains when we experience trauma or when somebody hurts us, even when somebody betrays us, what our body does, what our amygdala does is it releases a stress, uh, stress hormone called cortisol, okay? And when the moment happens, that cortisol is released into our brain. But that same hormone is actually released in our brain every time we think about that person and what they did to us or that situation and what happened to us and that cortisol is released, just like it already happened, just like it's happening again. The crazy part is, is heightened cortisol in your body will actually lead you to physical diseases. It will compromise your immune system. So you're facing things like heart disease, high blood pressure. You could actually get diabetes simply from an emotional wound. So if you take nothing from this sermon today, know that sitting with unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment can make us physically ill. That is how important this is that we take it to the Father so that we can experience that healing. Okay, so we're going deep. Now you guys are like, okay, so tell us what the better way is. What does this look like? I'm going to tell you. We have to make the decision to forgive. She made that decision by going to Jesus. Was there healing in that act of going? Eventually, yes. But we just have to make that decision to move forward. Does that mean it's over? Absolutely not. But it means that we're making that choice and that decision to move forward for what God has for us. And what God has for you is your healing. So we have to make that decision, we have to move forward. And the second thing that we have to do is we have to look at both perspective. Okay, I'm gonna stretch your brains for a second. You guys ready? All right. Even the craziest behaviors can have a logical explanation when we take into consideration the toxic things that have happened to a person. Do you hear what I'm saying there? Even the craziest situation, and I'm talking abuse, I'm talking murder, that can explain, we can explain it logically when we look at what that person has gone through. I think it's interesting in Hollywood today, there's so many movies that are kind of flipping on us, right? We're seeing the perspective of the villain. Like anybody seen the movie, The Joker? And by the end of it, you're like, do I feel for the Joker right now? You're like, am I a terrible human? No, what's happening is you're being unlocked to be able to see the toxic interactions and the things that someone has faced so it helps you to understand where they're coming from. There's logical explanations. And so that's what we have to do for the person that has hurt us. Let me give you an example in my own life with my mom. So when I was 14 years old, my dad was killed. And after my dad was killed, it ripped my family apart. It was a very, very challenging time for all of us. And at that time, I was 15, at 15, 16, I decided that the best thing for me to do was move out. I lived on friends' couches and in my car, and it was a very, zero stars, do not recommend. Do not recommend, Journey Youth, do not recommend. All right, so what, that's what I did. Is I, I chose that because what I thought was, I thought that my mother had betrayed me so much because my dad died and now I didn't feel like she was there for me. I didn't feel like she was showing up for me in the way that I wanted to, her to. So for two, almost three years, I didn't speak to my mother. And at that time, I mean, not a word, no eye contact, we never were, like no text messaging. Also, there was no text messaging at the time. <laughs> showing you how old I am. We didn't talk at all. I physically did not see her at all, nothing, three years. And then I decided, you know what? I need to, this is, this is getting tough for me. So what I need to do is I need to tell her what's up. I need to go to her and I need to tell her all of the things that she's done to me and how tough that she has made my life because of her choices. So I decided to go to a family reunion and I told her that I wanted to talk to her. So we sat on the back porch of our family reunion. And when we did this, we had a conversation 
and man, did this conversation smack me in the face. I went in there like ready to go, like guns ablazing, like ready to tell her what was up and what she had done to my life. But when I sat down with her, what she shared with me was stuff I had no clue. Her and my dad met when they were 14, 15 years old. My dad died when he was 38, my mom was 37. And she began to tell me about her high school sweetheart, who was my dad. It was the only man that she ever loved and how their lives were so amazing together and how she felt like she had the perfect family with me and my brother and my sister. And she was so thankful for all of us. And then in one night like that, my dad was killed and her entire world came crashing down. She was like, you have no idea how broken and torn apart my entire world was and how much it impacted me. And I wanted nothing more but for you kids to be okay. And the only thing that I had the energy to do was to just let you make your own choices. And my choice was to leave. And in that moment, I realized I need to ask you for forgiveness. When I took a moment to understand where she was coming from, it changed everything. I spent two, three years not talking to my own mother because of something that I mistook was the case. Now I talk to her like several times a day. She's my absolute best friend. I'll call her twice on Do Not Disturb. I don't even care. I don't even care. She's my best friend. I love her so much. But listen, I know that this is a simple situation here where I'm talking about with my mom, but you may be experiencing something that's done something to you that was abuse. Maybe something way heavier than what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, we've got to shift it. We've got to see people the way that Jesus see people because that's what that is. When we look at what they've been through and we give them that grace, that's how Jesus sees them. And forgiveness is not accepting what they've done is okay. It's not accepting what they've done is okay. We forgive them, not for them. We forgive them because that's what we need. Forgive for you. And we forgive not because they deserve it, but because you deserve to walk out your healing. All right, so on to my next point. What if you're not the person that had something done to you, but if, what if you're somebody that done something that was done by you? something done by you, something that you've done to somebody else or maybe even to yourself. And you need to walk into forgiving yourself. All right, so this is for all my ladies in this room who have been nonstop listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, now I know you're here. I know you're here. You know the song, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Okay, if you haven't heard that one, you need to listen to it. This is for you. Okay, we're gonna go to the word, not Taylor Swift. Mark 5, 32. Through 33, it says, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. So in this moment, she realizes what she had just done. Remember we talked about being clean and unclean? This woman is unclean because she's bleeding for 12 years. And now she's just touched Jesus. She realizes in that moment what she's done. She touched Jesus. What does that mean? She just made the Messiah unclean by going to him and touching him. She realizes what she has done. I don't know about you, but maybe you've experienced that before where you feel unclean. Like you can't get into the presence of God because what you've done is so bad. Maybe it's the anger that you keep bursting out with with your family. Maybe it's the bad decisions that you make over and over again. Maybe it's the drinking or the drugs and you say this is gonna be the last time, but once again, it's not the last time. Maybe you're at work too much and don't have time to spend with your kids. Or maybe you're a mom that feels like you just need to do more and more and more to win the affection of your children. 
I wanna tell you, you are not unclean because what happened when she touched Jesus? Did he become unclean? No, she was healed. She was healed. So whatever you got, whatever you're going through, bring it to Jesus. Now listen, sometimes what happens to us is we experience guilt. We experience guilt because of the things that we've done. But there's guilt and there's shame. Guilt said, I did something bad. Shame says, I am bad. The enemy wants you to sit in shame. God wants you to be in guilt. Now let me explain that. The enemy will have a heyday making you feel like you are bad. God wants to use that guilt as a tool that gets us off our butts and start moving, okay? The guilt is a good thing. God wants to use it. Sometimes that's what we need in order to make moves. Now, note this. Feeling guilty is not repentance, guys. Changing the behavior is. Feeling guilty is not repentance. Changing our behavior is. But that guilt is how we know we need the forgiveness. We need to forgive ourselves confidently, deliberately, intentionally, and wholly, knowing that God can do it and knowing that he will do it. And you are worth breaking the cycle of torment that the enemy wants to do to you, letting you sit in shame and making you think that you are bad. We've got a God who says, no, no, no. No, I'm just trying to motivate you to move forward. All right, so what is the better way here? The first thing we've gotta do is we gotta pinpoint and acknowledge that guilt. What is this guilt? What is it pointing me to? Maybe there's something that you constantly think about. Maybe it was you poorly handled a situation or a relationship or a job promotion. Maybe there's past mistakes that you keep ruminating over. That's the pinpoint. That's where we know we need the forgiveness. And the second part to this is the same as the last, where we have to forgive and look at somebody from a different perspective that's hurt us. We've gotta look at ourselves from a different perspective. We've gotta look at ourselves through the eyes of self-compassion. Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys something for free that my therapist tells me during every single session. Are you ready? All right, she said, she says to me, you did the best that you could with the information that you had. You did the best that you could with the information that you had at the time. When you think about whatever situation you, you're struggling with and that you're beating yourself up over, if you truly went back to that moment and only had the information that you had in that moment, would you have actually made a different decision? More than likely, no. Hindsight's 2020, right? I think back to a lot of decisions that I made and when I look back, I'm like, yeah, I, I would not do that again. But that's only because I know what I know now. Now for me, the way this looked was, um, I used to be married, I'm actually divorced, I have four kids, and my four children were a part of a very abusive and toxic marriage. And I look back and think to myself, how did I stay in that for so long? At the expense of my children, why didn't I leave sooner? Why didn't I do something? And believe it or not, I actually didn't know the biblical grounds for divorce. I did not understand or know what biblical grounds for a divorce was, but the second that I found out and understood that was when the process started. But I look back and I have to remind myself, I did not know, I stayed in all of that, all in the name of Jesus, all because I was just trying to honor God. But we can't beat ourselves up for our past mistakes. What do I do now? Yes, I still struggle with it, but I, I know that all through that time, all through that hard stuff that God brought me through, he taught me so much about myself, but more importantly, he taught me so much about the Savior. 
I know I have a redeeming God that will take care of all the time that I felt like was wasted, all the shame and all of the guilt that I sat in for far too long. So I refuse to think that I am a bad person because of what I walked through. And I just wanna encourage you that no matter what you've done, no matter what you feel like the consequences may be, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, Pastor Jenny, you don't know what I've done or what I've been through. Let me tell you, you can bring it to the feet of Jesus. Guys, when I first fully committed my life to Jesus, I was so high. Anybody that wasn't paying attention is like, wait, what? Hi, welcome to church. Okay, so do you guys wanna hear the story real fast? I'll tell it real fast. Okay. So I had a friend who kept, a coworker who kept inviting me to church like over and over again. It was so annoying. She would not stop inviting me to church. I didn't go to church. I wasn't really familiar with the whole scene. And I was on like a three day bender and had not slept and you know, was lit and all of the things. And uh, Saturday evening, I saw her out at a restaurant that I was at with my friends. And she's like, hey, you should come to church tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you there. And that was the first time I said yes. I kept telling her no, but this time I said yes. So then she walks away and my friends are like, okay. So I may have been doing drugs and stuff at the time, but for, for whatever reason, I was a woman of my word. So they're like, you said you were going to church, so you have to go. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't wanna go. So six o'clock in the morning rolls around, still awake. And my friends are like, you seriously said you were going to church, so you have to go. So I said, fine, I'll go. So I got into what I felt was appropriate church clothes and I drove to the church. And when I got to the church, it was actually Testimony Sunday. And the man giving his testimonies, drug of choice was my same drug of choice. He was from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh, go Steelers. Uh, and everything about his story was like, it was like he, I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? Did somebody call him? Like, did my friends, like, what is going on? I was so freaked out by that moment. And then they did an altar call, which is basically they asked anybody, if you wanna come up to the front for prayer, we'll pray over you. And so I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy already. So I'll go up to the front. And I went up to the front and a woman prayed over me. And it was when she prayed over me that it was a transformational moment in my story. Like so many things changed and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about all this. I have no idea what this means, but I'm just so excited to start fresh. And do you think that all of my things changed immediately in that moment? Absolutely not. There was a lot of things that I still struggled with. There was a lot of things that I still had to let go, a lot of toxic behaviors and a lot of bad choices that I still had to walk through. And do I still have to struggle with my healing of the, the choices from back then today? Yeah, I still have to face some of the consequences of the choices that I made 15 years ago. And that's the way that it is. But I know now that I have a God who heals. I know I have a God who redeems. I get to stand up here and preach about what God has done in my life and the healing that He's done. And every opportunity that I get, I will tell about how He can heal anybody. Now I wonder about this woman with the issue of blood and this is what I don't like about the story is that we only get a little bit. I wanna know more. I wanna know what happened more with this woman. I wanna know the rest of her story because I bet you every single month that she started to bleed again, she thought to herself, this is it. This is it, it's gonna happen again. I'm just gonna start bleeding and who knows how many years this is gonna take. I'm gonna be cut off from society again. I won't be able to go to church. I won't be able to be around my people or my friends and I'll make everyone else unclean. But I bet you, just like me, with every month that came, that she, it, it just came and came and came and it didn't stay. She knew that this is my healing. This is what I get to walk into. And her faith grew stronger to know that she has a God that is going to heal her and heal her indefinitely.
Man, I wish we had more of her story. Healing takes time, friends. Her, she was healed immediately from her physical pain, but that emotional pain, what we just experienced where she got to the feet of Jesus, that actually happened after. She was afraid after her healing. Verse 33 that we just read comes after verse 29. That's how math works. 33 comes after 29. So let's go to Mark 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. Not a little bit of the truth, the whole truth. She brought it all to Jesus. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. It's a process. It's a process that we have to walk through and there's two parts to it. The healing from the bleeding and then the healing from the emotional wound. All right, so let's go back to our hands, okay? We've got this wound on our hands. And guys, my boyfriend's a nurse, so now I know all of the things about wounds. All right, so no, but I asked him. Oh, you guys are excited about that, I love it. <laughs> So I asked him about why does it take so long for your hand to heal when it's infected? And he said, the reason is, is because there's two things your body's trying to do and your body can't do both of the things at the same time. Your body's trying to heal, trying to kill the bacteria. And that's why it's infected because of the bacteria that's in your hand. Your body's trying to kill the bacteria while also heal the wound. You can't do both at the same time. First, you have to kill the bacteria and then your body can heal. First, you have to address the issue. First, you have to face it head on, and then your body can heal. So if you're facing unforgiveness today, it's like that infection. You've gotta take care of it. If you are somebody that has something been done to you, you need to start with the decision to forgive them and move forward so that you can get your healing. If it's something that you've done, you need to make the decision to forgive yourself so that you can move forward with your healing. And this is the third form of healing that we need, something that has been done for you done for you and that's Jesus on the cross who died for you and he didn't just die for some of you he died for all of you and he didn't just die for them he died for you he died for you no matter what you've been through and listen <laughs> this is gonna sound weird for a second but follow me Jesus is a big boy here's what I mean it doesn't matter what you got, He can handle it. He would rather you come to Him with questions, concerns, and even your anger than for you to walk away from Him and never turn back to Him. He can handle what you've got. God does not want your Instagram real. He wants you for real. He wants your 3 a.m. bawling your eyes out, crying real. God wants you, I have not felt like myself in three months and I don't even know what's going on with me, healing. God wants your, I haven't talked to God in three years, healing. God wants your, I haven't dealt with this situation for the last 13 years of my life, healing. He wants to take us through the dirty healing and walk us through that process. He doesn't want to see us sit in that bitterness and that shame and that resentment. He wants us to walk out our healing. I think what's, what's crazy is what we do to ourselves sometimes is we want to pay for it. We want to pay for it. You never go to a restaurant and your, says, your friend says to you, hey, I'm going to pay for this full meal. And you go, okay, I'm going to pay for the full thing too. Right? No. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for you in full. Not for just a little bit of you, for all of you mistake that you've made for everything that you've done and there's nothing too far from him that is not worth his forgiveness 
You have a God that wants to see you healed and walk out forgiveness. Because that's what he did on the cross when he raised up his arms and his hands were pierced. He died for you. If everybody would go ahead and stand to your feet, let's look at this last verse. Mark 5, 34. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What healed her, guys? What healed her? Your faith. Your faith. Bring it to the feet of Jesus and have faith that He will heal you. That's what He wants to do. So I wanna do two prayers today. The first prayer we're gonna do for anybody that needs to experience forgiveness of somebody else or forgiveness of themselves. And the second one is for anybody that wants to experience the forgiveness that Jesus has for us. So if you feel like you need to forgive someone else or even yourself, just go ahead and open your hands up just as a posture of openness to say, Jesus, today I wanna forgive. Let's pray. Father God, we open our hands today, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would reveal to people or already have revealed to people the areas that they need forgiveness, the areas that they need to forgive themselves and forgive other people, Lord Jesus. Father, we open our hands today to say, we need to give it to you, Lord God. We give you this unforgiveness. Heal our minds and our bodies from what we've been experienced, Jesus. Father, we thank you. And then for anybody in this room, Lord Jesus, we pray that they would start a relationship with you today. Maybe it's been the first, maybe this will be the first time for them, or maybe the first time in a long time, God, that they experience the healing forgiveness that you have. When Jesus, you were on the cross, you said, I forgive it all. It's paid in full. Everything is forgiven. Given. So if that's you in, that, in this room today that want to experience God, want to experience the forgiveness, what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And just on three, what I want you to do is raise your hand up just as a sign. Nothing magical happens when you raise your hand. It's just a sign to say, you know what? I'm making this decision today. I'm making this decision to start a relationship with Jesus because it's, I know it's what I need. So on the count of three, with every head bowed, every eye closed, raise up that hand that it's you that wants to start that relationship with God. It's you that wants to experience that forgiveness. One, two, three, all over this room. Shoot up your hands, amen. I see your hands, I see your hands. Praise God, praise God. You can put your hands down. If you raise your hand and even if you didn't, let's pray this prayer together. Father God, today I accept you into my heart. I receive the forgiveness you have for me. Give me your grace, Lord. And thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give it up. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.